You know, I thought that elite tourism excursions were sort of getting a bad rap after everything that took place with Ocean Gate and the submersible that, of course, imploded in June, killing all five crew members. There was so much conversation about how people felt very off-put about the idea of spending upwards of $200,000 to go to a place like the Titanic wreckage. Well, now here we are again talking about another company that is making waves in this area. It's Virgin Galactic. Now, this isn't going underwater. This is going the opposite direction. They've rocketed their first tourists to the edge of space. So Virgin Galactic has gone to space seven times, but this was the first time that it actually went with customers. It reached a height of about 88 kilometers, if you can try to imagine that. Um, Now, Richard Branson's company is going to offer, or at least they expect to offer, monthly trips to customers costing about $200,000 a ticket. So would you want to take part in this, Chet Nation? Let me know, 780-496-0063. Or uh, is the conversation sort of similar where, you know, if we're spending $200,000 on a ticket, maybe that money could be better served in a different area on Earth? Let me know your thoughts on this one. We're going to check in with a guest that I spoke to last week on a little more conversation about a different space conversation. I knew she'd have some great insight about this one. Kate Howells is a public education specialist for the Planetary Society. Kate, thanks so much for joining me this afternoon. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me back. Kate, last time we we chatted, we talked last week on our evening national show about colonizing Venus, of all things. Now, that is something that has been declared by the owners of Ocean Gate. This is something totally different. I mean, this is something that's actually taking place. Virgin Galactic is sending people up into space, and some have had tickets since 2005. So how significant of a development is this? honestly not a hugely significant development as far as I'm concerned. Um, Space tourism has been in the air for a while now. The last couple of years we've seen a few companies start doing it more regularly. Um, It's something that a lot of people are excited about, a lot of people are very critical of, largely because the ticket price is so high. I actually have to correct you, it was $200,000 in 2005 when this um, person who flew today bought his ticket. The cost now is more like four hundred and fifty thousand US. Oh my so God. we're talking, we're talking half a million dollars for a trip that gives you about four minutes of weightlessness, um, and you get to see the curvature of the Earth. But you're not incredibly high. It's not an incredibly long experience, and it does come with a fair amount of danger. I'm glad that you clarified that, and, and especially about what it is that people are going to see. Because, you know, the, the the conversation that we had about the idea of, of colonizing Venus, which seems just absolutely ludicrous, you know, it, it touched on the fact that when you're up there, you're not really going to be able to see very much. So with this experience, you're going to get, what, a view, a partial view of the curve of the Earth? Can you expand a little bit on that, about what that experience might bring for someone? Yeah, so my understanding is that you're not far enough away from the Earth to see the Earth as a globe. You're not, you know, looking at it as a planet from afar. You have to be you know, hundreds of kilometers up for that. But what you are seeing is you're high enough that you can see land formations in ways you've never seen them before. I'm sure it's extremely beautiful. And you can see the slight curvature of the Earth. You're high enough up that you can see that it's a curved thing and you can see the blackness of space beyond. You're out of the, sort of like the blue sky. Um, and yeah, you do experience weightlessness. Um, you're in microgravity and so you can float around. So I, I mean, I will admit, I would love to experience all of those things much more than I would love going to Venus or going to Mars even. I think this experience is really 
amazing and incredible. Um, it's just unfortunate that it is going to remain accessible really only to the super rich or the super lucky because two of the of the passengers on this flight today were um, contest winners mm-hmm. who you know just donated to a charitable fundraiser contest and got these these flights but i think that's going to be increasingly rare especially once they get up to monthly flights they're going to be wanting to bring paid passengers yeah, and I think that's why, you know, with the with the money that's going to be made, it sort of gets lumped in with this this other bigger conversation that we just had talking about OceanGate and how, you know, we were all so captivated by that story because that was another experience where people were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to take part in this situation. I think that brings to mind a lot of skepticism because there was so much criticism when it came to that excursion that the Titan, the submersible. And there was actually a casualty with this company as well in 2014. So, I mean, is the skepticism warranted? Is Virgin Galactic now at a point where they can safely be sending people up to space or should there still be a little bit of concern here? I think there always has to be concern. Space flight is very, very difficult and dangerous inherently. You're blasting off from the earth. You're going to a place that does not on its own sustain human life. It's, I think, frankly, maybe slightly less dangerous than going to the depths of the ocean. I actually read that more people have been to outer space than have been to the depths that the Titanic is at. Um, so that's a potentially even more hostile environment. But really, it's sort of the launch and the landing that you have to worry about with spaceflight. And it is extremely difficult. That's why NASA and the Canadian Space Agency and other space agencies that send astronauts into space they spend billions of dollars making sure that they can do it safely, and even they have accidents. There have been astronauts that have died on two space shuttle missions from the U.S., and, you know, that it's tragic, but it's understood that this is just an inherently very dangerous thing. So treating it as a tourist venture, I think, is a little risky just in terms of people's expectations. That being said, I don't think that Virgin Galactic is doing anything particularly unsafe. I think they and other space tourism companies are doing everything they can to be properly safe, but they're also doing what they can to be profitable. And I think that that's the big difference between space tourism companies and space agencies is that the space agency can spend as much money as it takes to do it safely and I mean, what we saw with the OceanGate tragedy is that they were really trying to cut costs. And so they developed their submersible in a way that was actually unsafe. Now, again, I don't think that these space tourism companies um, like Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin and, and SpaceX, they are, they're not reckless in the same way that OceanGate was. But it, you are still dealing with a very dangerous situation. But dealing with a situation where there is a lot of money to be made. So I, I want to talk a little bit about the future of space exploration. Uh, Kate, we have to take a very short break, so just bear with me. We're going to be really quick. We're going to come back into this conversation talking about Virgin Galactic now rocketing its first tourists to the edge of space. What does this mean for future tours? And is this something you'd be interested in taking part in? Let me know. Send me a text, 780-496-0063. We'll come right back with our guest, public education specialist for the Planetary Society, Kate Howells. We'll be back in two.
All right, we're talking about getting rocketed into space, at least to the edge of space. Virgin Galactic has now done that with its first tourists. Uh, now, it's done this seven times already. This was the first trip that it took with customers, and this is something that the company is saying that they're going to try to do monthly. Uh, it comes at a pretty hefty cost, though, upwards of $400,000 to take part. So what does this mean for the future of space tourism? We're talking about it right now with our guest, who's public education specialist for the Planetary Society, Kate Howells. Kate, thank you so much for sticking around on hold. Really appreciate your time today. No problem. So, you know, I think other companies, and you know, you mentioned a few of them, are going to look at this success of Virgin Galactic and say there's a lot of money to be made here. So what do you think this mission, successfully done with customers, is going to mean for space tourism as a whole? Is this something that will be more accessible for people with maybe a reduced cost? I would guess that, that this space tourism industry is going to continue to thrive and um, the investors are going to start to maybe get some returns. I don't necessarily see it becoming accessible to ordinary people anytime soon. If you look at how much it costs just to fly in a plane these days and, you know, you get that tiny seat, like air, airlines are struggling to, to make a profit. And, and I, I can't imagine that flying to space is, is going to be cheaper enough to do for the companies that it'll actually become accessible to ordinary people. I don't see that happening. I do think that this industry will grow because there are a lot of extremely rich people. Virgin Galactic has 800 people already on their waiting list to spend these hundreds of thousands of dollars to go on this little trip into the edge of space. So I think the industry will keep going, but I think for ordinary people, the future of space is not going to be about going there yourself. It's really going to be about seeing, you know, images sent back from robotic spacecraft, discoveries being made by space scientists. That's really the accessible part of space is learning about the cosmos, learning about our place in it. I, that's what excites me so much, and I think that's what's of actual benefit to the public. I think these individuals going up and having a great time and coming back and telling us how wonderful it is, that has some value to them and maybe it's got some value to making space flight a little bit less expensive as these investments, you know, continue, but overall I think it, it's not it doesn't really benefit the average person in the same way that scientific space exploration does. Yeah, exactly. There's not really any data that's being taken from these trips. And there is a lot of criticism, you know, I think in that regard. Also, a lot of people bringing up the issue of this having a negative impact on climate change, people using the mm -hmm. argument about CO2 emissions and just how, how reckless this is and just how unnecessary this might be. You know, there could be a lot more impactful things that could be done with this amount of money if you add that all up and then think about what could be done with that. So, I mean, it, I think that criticism is valid. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I definitely think we have big problems on Earth that money, you know, money can't solve everything, but money goes a long way. And I think investment <laughs> in renewable energy and, um, you know, I mean, there's just, I could, the list is endless of what we could be spending money on here on Earth rather than going out into space for fun. Um, again, I'm a huge advocate for, for space science. I think those investments are very worthwhile and it's way less expensive than sending humans into space. But yeah, I think I think there's going to be 
very fair public criticism of space tourism for as long as it exists. And I think we'll have to see how sustainable it actually is in terms of not only the environmental impact, but also just the public's willingness to tolerate this kind of um, display of wealth when so many people are struggling economically right now. Well, Kate, thank you so much for your time this afternoon for weighing in on this subject. Uh, I knew you'd have some great opinions on it. So thank you again. My pleasure. Of course, take care. That's Kate Howells, a public education specialist for the Planetary Society, talking about Virgin Galactic rocketing its first tourists to the edge of space. Richard on the text line says, yeah, he would be in. He says, if it's safe and affordable, I would absolutely love to go to outer space or down to see the Titanic. Either one would be an absolutely incredible experience. But I think, you know, safe and affordable uh, might make it out of reach for a lot of us for a very long time. Uh, But good for those people that can afford it and that can sit on that waiting list and hopefully get their turn. These are going to be now monthly trips, uh, and why wouldn't they be? They're making a huge amount of money off of them, so you can see the appeal, and now I think the rush for other space tourism companies to, to really hit the ground running to try to capitalize on this.